Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know what's really important to me when I do business with a company is trust and transparency. I've been telling you now for a good while about my buddy Damon Burton and his company, SEO National, because trust and transparency are just as important to them. You know, for the last 15 years in the search engine optimization space, they have been leading the way and serving people tremendously well. Now, for those of you that don't know what SEO is, it stands for search engine optimization. It helps you show up higher on Google searches so that folks that are looking for what you have find you quicker. And you know what's really encouraging? More revenue, more sales, growing your business. Do me a favor, get in touch with Damon and his team today at SEO National at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get your free quote and tell them you heard it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I hope you're ready because here comes a dynamite conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. I've got a treat. Again, it's not often that I get podcasters on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I love talking to podcasters because, again, they get the the format of it. But it's it's a rare thing to get an author and a podcaster. And I've got that. I've got the author of the book, Planting Your Purpose. He's also the host of the Digital Ministry Mastermind podcast. He said, "Brian, here you go. You're getting all religious on me again today. You're gonna you're gonna learn something. You're gonna get encouraged. And it's an honor to welcome Alec Kassan to the Intentional Encourage podcast. How are you doing today, Alec? Doing very well, Brian. Thank you so much. I'm actually I'm honestly really honored to yeah have the opportunity to be on this podcast and just share some encouragement." Well, I wouldn't be so honored yet. We haven't even started talking. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm really, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited. I've listened to a few of your, just few of your episodes and uh, yeah, I can tell you got a great passion for what you're doing and I'm sure your audience, you know, they know that as well. Well, for some re- for some that listen to the podcast, it, it's a great way to cure insomnia because, you know, you listen to me talk and you just drift right off to sleep. And so, yeah, so no, let's start here. You and I were talking, let's talk podcasting for a few minutes, because I'm sure there are people that would say to themselves, you know, I've always wanted to do a podcast. It seems like the hip, cool thing is like, everybody wants to do a podcast. And so, you know, I know why I started my podcast. Why did you start your podcast? Yeah, so I started my podcast. It's kind of like, a culmination of things. Uh, the big one was when I had graduated from college, I, I went to school thinking that God wanted me to be like a physical therapist. You know, you get to make some money and you get to really help people. And as I was getting closer and closer to graduating, it was just more and more, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not what I want to do uh, with my life. And after graduating, um, talking with like a couple of mentors of mine and I was like, you know what? I feel like God's like really calling me to do like a social media ministry. And I was really into YouTube editing videos at the time. And that got so overwhelming. Like I'm a, like, I'm a, like a perfectionist. I was trying to do everything, like I was doing everything. And it was 
too much. And I still wanted to create content. And eventually that led to starting up this podcast because as I was learning more about starting an online ministry, I was like wanting to share the things that I was learning. And my YouTube channel wasn't really the place for that. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start something separate that's specifically going to be focused on people who are already running their own online ministry or Christ-centered business. And I'm just going to share the things that I'm learning, the things that are inspiring me um, on my journey to grow my own online ministry as well. So that's been kind of a, that's kind of the cliff noted version as to like kind of what inspired me to start. No, I love that because here's the thing. I think a lot of people, Alec, they, they will say to themselves, and I've gotten this, they're like, well, how many subscribers do you have to your podcast? How many downloads do you get? Things like that. I think everybody, a lot of people, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people measure success with numbers and things like that. And it, to me, that's just never really mattered a whole lot. For me, the best way that the, the, the success that, that if I could call it that, the success is in the fact of who you get to connect with, who you get to meet, who you get to have on your, your show that without that medium of a podcast, you might not get to talk to those people. You might not get to engage with those people. And I love, I love where you're going with this because, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, there are a lot of people that say, well, you shouldn't make the church a business and, and you got to separate and things like that. There's a lot of principles that interweave between the business world and some things that can really help churches develop their online ministry, maybe even small businesses. You know, there are ministry concepts that are great for small businesses, like serving people well and loving your customer and things like that. Where do you see the intersection of ministry and entrepreneurship? Maybe maybe that's not the, the best way to go there, but I feel like, you know, in just the first few minutes of this conversation, I want to give somebody that's, that is maybe running a church ministry or they're running an online business. There's some things that intersect there and some principles that, that are universal there. What have you discovered in your journey so far? Some of those principles that have intersected for you. Yeah, that's actually like a really great question because when it comes to things like the church and principles that we learn about in the Bible, a lot of it can be very like heady where it doesn't seem like it's rooted into things that we can do and apply in our lives right now, especially in things like business. We think that those things are so separate, but I believe that like, you know, Jesus isn't just coming into our lives to like improve our, our like life outside of our work, but like, like what we do and who we are, it's like, it's a very like intimately intertwined thing you know we kind of express who we are in our work and it's so cool because <clears throat> some of the best business principles marketing principles that i've learned ever is from how jesus ran his ministry and there's uh it's so funny because it's like i didn't even pick up on this until i had heard someone else on um i forgot what the show was but someone was on this marketing show and they were like if you had to pick one thing 
to differentiate differentiate yourself from everyone else in your field like what would be the thing that that you would have that would be your leg up and there's people that are like oh well i'd have a better product i'd have um i would try to be in the most populated market i'd try to be in front of the most people mm-hmm. and it's like all those things are good but if you can be if you can have your product be in like a starving crowd, like a crowd that is like desperate for it. Honestly, like not that I'm endorsing promoting like crappy products, but it doesn't, it wouldn't, even if it's a crappy product, if people are desperate for this thing, they're going to get it. And the analogy they used was like, if you have the only hot dog stand outside of a football stadium after the game is done and you got all these like drunk people coming out, they don't care if the hot dog is eh, they're going to buy your hot dog. And if, and if it's pretty good and you charge $10, they'll be like, oh, darn, this could be worth five, but well, it's the only hot dog, but it's 10 Let me jump in there, Alec. You, 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 you've, got a, you've really got something stirring there. And I, I love it because, and I've told people this repeatedly, and I kind of sound like a broken record, but what I said in my book, People Buy From People, is people buy connection before they ever make a transaction. You know, people choose a church to attend because they feel a connection to that church or they feel like there could be a connection to that church. And, and, and a lot of people will say, you know, have a lot of people that, or people disconnect from a church because of something negative or they disconnect. So you're, you're, you're really, I love where you're going there because the connection in the analogy you made is the connection is I'm hungry I want something to fill my stomach. Here's the hot dog stand. Okay. Well, yeah. In that moment, the things are connecting, you know, with, with podcasting, people will ask all the time. And I see this and you see this as well. Well, what microphone should I use? Well, what camera should I have? And I made so many mistakes starting out because I felt like my equipment should be good and all this other stuff. And what I learned was for me to connect to it, it needed to be simple. Hmm. I made it really hard. And now what connects with me is what I tell people is like, you get a good webcam and you get a good USB mic and you can and start podcasting. Like, like to me, what connects is, is simplicity. When you talk to other podcasters, what's the one thing that, what's the one question you get or the one problem that people are, that are starting in podcasting, starting with social media content? What's the one question you get about the number one problem they're trying to figure out? Hmm. It's tough because it's like, I, I want to, my brain is immediately trying to like, like my brain's telling me the problem that I see. But I'm like, no, the question you're asking is what's the question they're asking? And I think a lot of the times what I've noticed is a lot of people <clears throat> wanting to get we'll go both outreach. Go both ways. You can go, go, go any ways. way you want to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go any way you want to so go. I, so I, I guess I would say like, yeah, the, the biggest question, it's, it's revolved around like outreach and engagement with their audience. But then the bigger issue that I see is a lack of understanding of their audience. So... Um, for example, I see this a lot when people are like, my podcast is about 
hmm, I'm trying to like, I don't want to sound rude, but it's like, just from like the things that I've seen. So for example, like someone was like, oh yeah, my podcast about is, is about relationships. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So is it like relationship with God? Is it relationship with your customers? Or it's like, maybe like, like love, like, uh, like significant other relationships. And they're just like, yeah, like all of those. Well, they're trying to hit and too I'm many like, people. They're trying to get too big of an audience or too broad of a scope yeah. instead of just saying, okay, what what I really want to focus on is relationships between husbands and wives that have been married more than 20 years. Right. Like that is specific. And yeah. in fact, I like I had made a post about this in one of like the podcasting Facebook groups where I was like, and I think I had used the relationship example. And I was like, okay, your podcast is on relationships. But what if you said your podcast was on relationships between your parent between parents and kids? It's like uh, now the content is a little bit more niche. It's a little, you kind of know what to expect when you, you're going to listen. But then if you take it another step further and you're like, well, my podcast is about relationships between fathers and their sons. Whoa, like now you really have a strong idea of what you're getting into. And then you could even bring it a step further than that. And you could say, well, what, my podcast is about the relationship between a father and a son that has abandoned them. You know, a son that's not in the picture anymore. Now it's like you are like, you go from that to then just saying I'm a, it's about relationships. It's like the spectrum. Like, what if that father was going to that podcast and they're just like, it's about relationships. They might be thinking, well, it's like, oh, I don't know what that means. But if like someone, if your audience, it's like they're hearing that, they're like, oh, wow. It's about fathers. That's me. It's about building relationships with sons who you don't have a strong relationship with anymore. Then it's like, oh my, this is this is for me. I am, I didn't even hear it. Yeah. I'm hooked. Yeah. And it's like, that's super powerful. And like, well, and Jesus everybody did that too. It's like, exactly. It's, exactly. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, it, oh, it, it feels like that there are so many people that say, well, I want to do a podcast about relationships and I want to get this huge audience so I can monetize. And it's like, okay, so what unique, what UVP, what unique value proposition do you bring to your audience? Unless you're Joe Rogan and you have, and people say, well, I want to be like Joe Rogan, but you don't see all the steps that Joe Rogan took in his career right, to build the audience that he had so that when he decided to podcast, those people he was already speaking to in UFC and stand-up comedy. And, and again, I use that as an example because arguably Joe Rogan is probably the most successful podcaster on the planet right now. Yeah. But, but he took the different audiences that he was already speaking to and just brought him, brought them with him to where he literally could say, you know what? I'm going to talk about relationships. He doesn't have to define his niche, right? Because his audience is going to follow him. He could be spending 20 minutes talking about a coffee cup. Yeah. His audience will follow him. And, and I feel like there are so many people that want to get the audience before they get the content. Mm. How important is your content before the audience comes? Like you, and especially in digital ministry where, you know, it's like, well, well, you know, people will say, and I'm going to use my West Virginia. Well, the Lord's called us to minister to a bunch of people. And we just going to use this thing called the internet to, to do it <laughs> with. And, 
that YouTube thing there and the Twitter machine. We're gonna we're just gonna put our message for for people here in West Virginia, where I live. A lot of them do that, like we're you know I can't understand why we ain't reaching more people. Well, because you just you wanted to to throw spaghetti on the wall. So what's the thing that people need to to know about their content in order to connect with their audience? In your opinion? Yeah, I would say like what people. What we mainly don't see when it comes to producing content, or at least what we don't normally see on the forefront when other people are producing content, is that they have, there's like, and I'm not, I don't mean to say this to sound like a conspiracy thing, but there's, there's a hidden agenda. Like there is a reason why they're sharing the message that they are in the manner that they're sharing it. So, like one person, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's all about, post a hundred times a day, post all this content, post content, post content. And it's inspiring. It's letting people kind of get off their butts to start producing more content. Well, Gary but- V has got a different kind of brain. He's, he's wired yeah. so differently. I think for Gary V, his content creation is the way that he down dumps a lot of the ideas that he has. Like if, like his brain is so turned on and I mean to interrupt you, but that when you when you say Gary V, it, to me it just seems like his brain is just turned on hyperspeed. That he's got to create content because he's just like pumping ideas out, just yeah, just continue to pump ideas out, just boom, 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 just just pumping ideas out. And 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 I love that you mentioned Gary V because I think people would say, well, all I'm going to do is just just turn a microphone on and talk and talk and talk. And it feels like, and I said this to my family last night, forgive me for going long with this question. Oh, it's all you just hit, you hit, you, you hit something really good. Whenever people post on social media, I tend to ask myself, what's their intention? Like, what's the intention with this post? And let's go here for a second before we take a quick break, before we pause and take a quick break. When we think about content creation on social media, how important is intention? Because I, I you were you were hitting you were hitting it there and, and forgive me for jumping in there and interrupting. I, I wanna I wanna pull just a little more conversation out of that. How important is intention in, in social media content creation? Yeah, I would I mean I'm happy you kind of paused it there because it's like it is important, you know, for everyone who's listening. It's like if this is the only thing you get out of this episode like you are going to be way ahead of other people. The intentionality is super important. So like with the Gary V thing, the reason why, and like, he may not admit this, but it's like, I'm, I'm pulling back the curtain so you can see what's going on behind the scenes with his stuff. The reason why he posts the messages he does and the manner in which he does is because his company is a media marketing agency. He sells doing this process for other people. So when he says, put out a hundred pieces of content and you're like, holy cow, that is overwhelming. A fraction of those people are going to say, man, that's overwhelming. I'll just hire Gary's team to do it. And then the other side of it, he's giving advice. He's consulting a bunch of different social media companies. So when he goes on and he's talking about how you really got to leverage Instagram, he's got some form of investment in the company. And it's not like, again, I'm not saying like, oh, he's a bad guy for doing this, but it's like, 
that's why he's doing it. It's the intentionality behind it. So when people are posting a lot of things, talking about, oh, how great their relationship is, they probably have got some type of relationship book, like, you know, for, uh, like spouse relationship or something yeah. like that. You know, there's, there's something behind the scenes for, for why, why they're doing that. And a big thing is you need that. You need to know why am I posting this stuff? Why am I trying to get people to engage with my things? Cause I ran into this issue and I've seen many churches that I've had the pleasure of volunteer with run into this issue too. And I'm not trying to bash evangelism, but I've seen so many people where they're just like, we got to get people in the church. We got to get people in the church. And now you got all these people in there and it's like, well, where do we go from here? And I've always felt called to like, yeah, like we're in, all right, now we're here. We're sold on the mission. Yeah. Now let's take things to that next level. Like let's have a deeper relationship with God. Let's get more fruit from the things that we're doing. And when you're too focused on one side and you neglect the, the back end of it, you're, you're missing out on a lot. Like I've seen so many times people come into the church and then they leave because they got sold on this vision of like a relationship with God, a relationship with others. And then they don't, that's not fulfilled on the back yeah. end. And like my own ministry too, the, the planting your purpose book, I had a lot of people buying that and it's ironic, but I ran into the same thing. I was getting a lot of people coming in. I've got a lot of people who signed up for my emails and I just, there was nothing to offer after that. And it was a combination of things where it's like, I began to recognize, like I'm way more passionate of working with people who are running their own online ministries. And that book is, you know, a fantastic resource, especially if you're someone who's working within a church or like a Christian organization yep. to better understand like your function in it. Um, but I, I'm not like the the personal development kind of guy. I'm a very analytical, like shoot the uh, going to school for physical therapy, very analytical stuff. So it's like, I like knowing how to yeah. have things work in a structured way. And I think having that expressed through working with people in ministry or Christ-centered businesses is like, I'm fired up. When I well, do yeah. That. And that's, that's the thing. There's a lot of principles that, that relate to business as well too, because you know, people get customers in the door and they can't satisfy them. They can't keep them. They, you know, because customers are like, okay, we're confused. We came for one thing and you're giving us something else. It would be like going to a Mexican restaurant and instead of chips and salsa, they said on the table that they might sit down, um, lasagna. It's like, <laughs> what's this? I came to a Mexican restaurant. Oh, we do everything, you know? Yeah. And, and, that's a know. fantastic. Yeah. You know, so it would hey, be like, what? <laughs> yeah. Let, let's take it. Let's pause, take a quick break. We come back. I want to ask you about your book, um, planning your purpose. So we'll talk a little bit about that. My guest is author, podcaster, Alec Kassan, who joins me on the intentional encourage podcast back in a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. The new year is upon us and you may be sitting there thinking, hey, I would really love to pay off some debt or I would like to save for that dream vacation. Maybe you want to buy a new car, whatever it is you want to do financially in the coming year. Let me give you a great piece of intentional encouragement and something to think about that might help you do it. 
Products for Profit. Now, this is a course taught by my good friend, Joe Hart, who's been a guest on the Intentional Encourager podcast and has told his story how reselling changed his life. And you know what, folks? It could do the same thing for you, too. It's really simple. Reselling is basically buying a product and then reselling it online for more money. And Joe is going to take you through the steps and show you how to do this either part-time or maybe as some of his students have done, take this full-time as well. Go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP. And oh, by the way, this group is going to help you find leads of products that are profitable right now, give you all kinds of great intentional encouragement, and you're going to be surrounded by a community of people that are going to want to see you be successful in the reselling game. Again, go to coachjoe89.gumroad.com backslash L backslash premium PFP and tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Alec, let's now jump into your book. Before the break, we were talking about your book and I love that planning your purpose because to me, that could go a lot of different ways, right? I mean, somebody could read that if they're starting a company, like maybe their purpose was to start a company. Maybe their purpose was, and and I know you wrote that from a Christian perspective. I love that, that you did that, but there's a lot of foundational truth there beyond the, the walk with the Lord and things like that. And th- that's the most important thing. But what I'm really, we're really wanting to get at is where did the book come from? Let me ask this a different way. Cause that that's generic. Forgive me. Forgive me for asking a generic question. <laughs> I was we don't, ask, anyway. we don't ask generic <laughs> questions here on the intentional encouragement. We ask different questions. So let me, let me start here. What's been the most surprising thing that you've gotten from your book that you were like, you go back and read through it and you're like, man, I didn't realize I said that. That was really good. I didn't realize I said that. <laughs> what was the most surprising thing from the book that you that you recall? Well, I would say like time and time again, a thing that I find myself having to be made aware of again and again is that God is way more concerned about who we are than what we do. Now, obviously, don't be going around doing a bunch of bad stuff, but like from the, I guess, per- Christian perspective, you know, we're not bringing with us our job, our resume, our awards, our credentials, like those things don't pass on in the next life. Like I know like um, in Egypt, you know, temples and pyramids and stuff, the kings and stuff, the pharaohs, they believed in that. That's why they buried themselves with all their their gold and things. And nowadays it's like, you know, we don't have that much of that perspective anymore. So if we aren't bringing those things with us when we're going into the, you know, that next step in our, in our journey, then like, what do we bring with us? And it's like, well, we, we're bringing who we are. We're bringing everything that's, that God's put in us that's made us unique. I want to be and, buried in my Joe Burrow Cincinnati Bengals t-shirt. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, well, that's fine. Like that's totally acceptable. Like, <laughs> well, I'm, ho- yeah. Cause you know, you, you just never know. Like when you go you never- to meet the Lord, you know, like, Hey, Hey Lord, today, you know, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding, man, but, but no, you're right. And, and Alec, that's the thing that, that I, I think people, 
you know, we were talking about it in the last segment, is that we're trying so hard to build this this kingdom. And I see this a lot on social media. And, and forgive me for stepping back, but I love what you said there about not being able to take it with you. And that's a really powerful truth that a lot of people forget is the moment we draw our last breath, that's it. Like no matter what we're working on or what we're doing or, hey, you know what? I, I, I want to have all these Instagram followers. Well, if the Lord says that your time is up today, that's it. That what you've, what you've done or what you're trying to do, you can't really say to the Lord, hey, Lord, hold up. You know, take me after I get to to a hundred thousand Instagram followers, then I'm good. We we don't get to we don't get to decide that. And I always find it funny that we're working for all these things without trying to figure out, okay, what does God want for me? What does God want for me? Even if you're not a Christian, the Lord has a plan for you in your life. You know, nothing you do is by accident. When you were getting into writing this book, how in tune were you with your own purpose, where you felt God wanted you to be and what he wanted you to do? Yeah, I, I think like at that time, a lot of my reliance was in things that weren't going to be permanent. So how I was saying like, oh yeah, I went to school for to study to be a physical therapist. Like I was really sold on the dream where it's like, oh yeah, you do well in high school. Then you go to college, you get the degree, you get a job that pays well, you start putting money down on a house, you get married and you know, things are going pretty smooth. And after graduating, I was like, oh, well, I don't, <laughs> what am I going to use this degree for? I'm not trying to be a physical, physical therapist. And then I was like, oh yeah, the, the Christian YouTube channel. I feel like God, it's like so like related to the church that God just cannot not bless it and it be successful within the first few months. And it's like, that didn't happen. And around that time, um, I met my fiance and I mean, we, yeah, girlfriend at the time, fiance now. And I was like, not really able to afford where I was living. And it got to the point where I was like, well, I got to, I was like, I got to move back to Jersey. And I moved back to Jersey, moved in with my parents and was literally, you know, the stereotype of the guy living in the parents' basement. And it was like at this like literal low point, you know, basement, underground, low point, haha. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> at that, that low point where I was like, man, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not part of that story that I was sold on of going to school and things are going well. And then on top of that, I'm like, I want to propose to this girl, but like, we're not, we're not, I'm not doing that. And I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to be like living with my parents. Like, that's just a recipe for disaster. You know, <laughs> that's not going to work. And it was through that, like, through that season of really needing to like, look at things differently that I just felt like God kept like, just nudging me and being like, you're asking good questions, like keep searching for the answers. And I was like writing down notes in my mind. I was like, oh, this is going to make for a great YouTube video of what I'm learning. And then I was like, oh man, this could be like a series, a YouTube, like a video series. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a lot longer than I thought. And I was like, well, this could just be made into like a manuscript for a book. And then it just, yeah, you, like once that perspective got shifted a little bit, I was like, 
yeah, I can turn this into like, like a 20 day devotional. And that's kind of like how the book came to be. It was just really through like this journey of like me trying to find the answers for, for myself by learning from different successful pastors, ministry leaders, even like business leaders throughout yeah. history and just taking the thing. And it's like, essentially like really did just boil down to that of like, like who you are in what you do. Cause what you do should be an expression of who you are. Yeah. And on like a, a more like down, like rooted to earth example of like, like I, like it's easy to visualize where it's like, Oh yeah, go to heaven. You know, don't, we don't bring our stuff with us, but like, how does that apply in the, mm. in the today? And uh, an example you could think of is if you get fired from a job, you know, what, what are you bringing to that next job? Not all the work you did previously, that's probably for the previous business or if a, if a business that you maybe have tried to start up didn't work, you know, that stuff isn't going to be coming to the next one, but the things yeah. that will be coming with you are the skills, the lessons, the attitudes, your mindset, um, the different things you've learned on that journey. So then when you go into that new position, you're, st you're bringing you, like you, and that's the most valuable thing. Like well, people Alex, on teams want, want to know that. You know? Yeah. And, and forgive me for jumping in there and interrupting, but no, you, you make fine. such a beautiful point is that in our world today, People want to throw around passion. Oh, I, this person's so passionate. Boy, they, you know, wake up. Listen, man, I don't wake up every day passionate. My knee hurts. My back hurts. My, you'll, you'll get there. I promise. Yeah. You will understand that. As I approach 50, you will get to understand that. I don't wake up with passion every day. But when the alarm goes off, I know what I got to do. I know in my mind, okay, I got to get up and pray. I got to spend a little time with my wife before she goes to work. I got to get some breakfast. I got to get dressed. There's all those purposeful things that have to be done in the day to do what, you know, to, to live out what God has called us to do. Because, you know, the Bible says if, if a person won't work, then they're worse than an infidel. And so you, we have to provide for our families. We have to, to function. And I know there are some people that, that cannot, they physically cannot listen. The scripture makes room for that. I promise the scripture makes room for that. I'm saying those of us able-bodied that can, we have a purpose. And our first purpose is to, to worship, to be, we were created to worship and to serve the Lord. Bible says it's not his will that any perish. But even if you're the, a person listening to us and say, well, I don't believe in God. I don't worship God. I don't serve God. That's okay. You have a purpose too. And I think we miss it. And I love what you said about what you do, what you bring to things that you do. Like you bring a purpose you're not just showing up going, okay, why are you here? Eh, I thought it'd be good to spend eight hours over, over here with you guys. Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, if you want to pay me, great. If not, eh, you know, no worries. <laughs> Your purpose is you want to get paid because you, you need money and things like that. What's the biggest thing as you, as you have journeyed through this, and, and we'll, we'll pause and take another break, but as you, as you walk through this journey now being an author, 
what do you feel like your next, what do you feel like your purpose is? Where do you feel like God is calling you into your purpose and, and things? Cause you mentioned you study physical therapy and that's, that's a tremendous skill, but where do you feel like, or what do you feel like is your purpose? Yeah, I know like within this current season, God's really like highlighted a lot of things where mainly just, I don't want to sound cliche to say like self-sabotaging beliefs, but you know, we're, we are living in a broken world and there are things that we've learned while growing up that just aren't true. Things that, that may be holding, holding one back. And I feel like as my own online ministry is starting to grow, it's requiring more of me. And it's a very like, like, I don't like, I wish I had a different word than like selfish, but it's that kind of like that analogy. If you put your air mask, you put your mask on before you assist the other person. It's like, I've got to make sure that I am even more equipped to be responsible with what I have. And, you know, that's a biblical principle is like when you, are capable of being responsible with more, you're expected to be more responsible. And I do want to, you know, my, the ministry and the direction it's going right now, it's helping people more one-on-one, -on -one. you know, I'm not trying to hide behind Facebook posts or uh, just have people interact with me by reading words on a page. Like I, yeah. I want to take that next step to actually be working with people one-on-one -on -one to help them break past those barriers, go from where they're at, to where they want to go, uh, specifically with like their podcasts or online ministry. Yeah. And the only way that that's going to happen is by working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And that requires, you know, getting over different things uh, mentally, you know? No, I love that because ministry, ministry, connection, business. And, and, and I'll say this again about business. You can't get the first, you can't get a bunch of customers until you get the first customer. It always starts with one, you know, and, and there's, there's biblical principles around that. There's foundational truths around that. So I love that working one-on-one -on -one with people. Let's pause a minute, take a break. When we come back, we're going to tell Alex's, Alex's story. You're going to want to hear his story. I'm talking to author, the author of the book planting your purpose and the host of the digital ministry mastermind podcast. And that is Alec Kassan. Come back with us here in just a moment. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Have you ever wanted to live a bucket list life? Or if you're a business owner, have you ever wanted to incentivize your team in unbelievable ways? I have got just the thing for you. You need to contact my friend, Brad Norwood, with Dream It Pro Professional Events. Brad's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast, and I can tell you he has helped numerous companies achieve unbelievable things through experience travel. Experiences are what people want. They want to know how they can live incredible bucket list lives as well, too. And Brad can help you with both of those things. I can't give you any better encouragement than to give Brad and his team a call right now at 479-466-6907 or go to www.dreamitpro.com. And when you get there, 
click on events and you are going to see some unbelievable once-in-a-lifetime experiences. And I promise you this, unlike plaques, awards, trophies, things like that, experiences and trips like these don't burn up in a fire. Again, go to www.dreamitpro.com today. And now let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Alec, let's now dive into your story. I want to hear your your story. And and again, you, you mentioned listening to a few episodes of the Intentional Encourager podcast. You know we're all about stories. And so take me as far back as you want to go. You've you've mentioned your college life about switching gears and, and things like that. Take me as far back as you want to go and take me through a couple of obstacles that you've overcome and the lessons that you learned from it. Hmm. Yeah. I'm like, Hmm. It's like now <laughs> I was like, now, now the, the gears are turning. I was like, I feel like the floodgates of like possible stories that could be shared. I guess like, would you rather have the, Oh, it's so hard to say. Would you rather than I want, I want to, like, any, I want stuff or just, well, personal? listen, here's the thing about, about stories of people in life. And, and when I've been on podcasts, I'll say this when I've been on podcast, I've interwoven a lot of different things about my life, personal, professional, things like that, because people will say, it's like, well, I'm going to leave my personal stuff behind or they'll post stuff on social media. Here's a good example, post stuff on social media and they'll go, well, I'm just going to leave my personal life out of it. Well, here's the thing. Don't you think that sometimes your personal things you're maybe you're going through might not resonate with somebody might not may not might not walk with them in the same way and, and it's like you're not just a salesperson you're not just a content creator you're not just a ceo you're not just not you're a person first like i would hope you'd be a person first so yeah i mean that's what the, and, and i think people are, are sometimes afraid to talk about the things that they've been through and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about ministry things, great. If you want to talk about personal things, I just want to step aside. And I'm sure the audience is going, step aside, let him tell his story. So <laughs> I want to do that and let you tell your story. Yeah, I think, well, hearing you, yeah, I think, I think sharing some of the personal stuff, especially like having, you know, the conversation that we just had before the break talking about, or how I had shed some light on things of like, oh yeah, overcoming some like self-sabotaging things. I think sharing some stories about that may be very encouraging for others who are on this journey as well. So when I was in school, um, specifically around the time when I was getting out of high school, one of the stories in my mind was, you know, a happy, happy, fun life com is comprised of a lot of partying, you know, whoa, whoop de do stereotypical college guy uh, who's doing the partying stuff. But it was really, I think it was really at a time, like just the neglect of taking a moment to see, like, is this, is what I'm trying to do? Like really what I feel called to and influence of, of friends and different things I was watching on, TV had definitely influenced my way of, of seeing things. So I know like TV shows like Jersey Shore, 
you know, I grew up in Jersey, you know, I was, Oh, the Jersey shore. I was going to watch that. And it's basically just a show about guys who like lifting weights, uh, got muscles and they're just like going to clubs with girls. It's basically just like, Oh yeah, get fit, get laid and get drunk. And it's like, I was like, that seems pretty fun. So I was like adopting a lot of that. And then the friend group I was hanging out with, um, a lot of the friends, you know, a lot of us just like smoked a lot of weed and stuff. And I, it got to a point where I was starting to recognize, I'm like, this isn't, I was like, this is not serving me. And I was like, I, I want to stop. And when I would mention going out, doing things with friends, oh, let's go to movies, let's do this. The, the follow-up question is like, cool. So like, are you trying to smoke at, all at my house? Or are we trying to smoke in your car? Or are we trying to go behind the movie theater, smoke back there? And I'm like, well, how about we just go, how about we not do that? Let's go to the movies. Oh, so we're going to smoke after the movies? And I was like, and I got twirled into that whole thing. And now going into college, uh, that was very much like just a habit, just you know, smoking weed and stuff. And then, of course, if you're going out to parties, you're smoking weed then. And as I was getting more involved in church, uh, this this one woman who's at the church, she was dealing with a lot of her own internal struggles. And I think because she knew what she was struggling with in terms of like drug addiction, she could see I was there was something that was gripping me. And she came up to me and she was like, Hey, Alec, um, I really, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping any boundaries, but it's like, I'm going to be going to this NA meeting, you know, Narcotics Anonymous. Would you want to like be part of like, you know, going to that as well? And I remember my response. I was like, Oh, thanks. I was like, I really appreciate it. You know, I've actually been trying to quit smoking weed, but it's not. I don't know. I was like, I don't know. I'd feel like an idiot if I went because it's not that much of an issue. And she's like, well, is, is it an issue? And I was like, well, it is, but it's like, you know, there's people out there with like probably like more deeper issue stuff than what I have. And I feel like I'd be an idiot if I went. And she's like, so is that, do you think that's you telling you that? Or do you think that's the enemy trying to prevent you from going to actually get the help that you want? Mm -hmm. I was like, huh. Because here I am thinking that if I go and I'm like, hi, my name's Alec Kassin. Um, I struggle with smoking weed and I really want to stop. And I've, it's really tough. Like, And I'm thinking people are going to be like, you idiot, just stop smoking. It's not that addictive. I'm over here addicted to heroin and drinking alcohol and get out of here, poser. And it's like, and I like, as I was saying that out loud, like, and I, was, I literally was saying that to her and I was like, I was like, that's totally ridiculous. I was like, okay, when are you, when are you going? Well, it's like, I'm going to go with you. Yeah. It's like, and I used to be bigger than, than what I am. And it was like, somebody's like, oh man, you don't look like you're 330 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, but I wear a size four X clothes and I wear, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm getting treated for high blood pressure. And, and, and I, I did, man, I would. I would have people when I was big like that, like 340, 350, they'd be like, oh, you don't look big. You don't look that fat. And my doctor was going, man, you're going to die if you don't mm -hmm. do something. And so I could, I can see where you're, you know, you, you want to say to yourself, it's like, well, yeah, I'm not that big. Like, I'm not as big as these people. Like, oh, I feel pretty good for a fat guy, you know. But deep down, I was dying. And, and I feel like... Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that kind of where you were, you were feeling like, I know I need to get some help, but I'm not as bad off as these people. Yeah. The thing that's funny is like 
literally the things I was saying to her, I'm like, well, I'm not as bad as other people. I can, I can quit any time. And I'm like, this is literally what addicts say. I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, it's like the stereotypical thing where it's like, oh no, it's not that bad. Like I can stop any time. Um, it's just not the right time for me or this and that. And it was like, it was very like at the moment, like I didn't like, uh, it just was, it's, it, it was very comical looking back and I'm happy she leaned into it a little bit because basically I was afraid of what others were going to say if I tried to pursue that and had tried to better myself. And I think that's the thing that holds a lot of us back. You know, some people fear doing a thing maybe in like business or, or trying, trying something new. And sometimes people fear that they're, that, that it's not going to go well. And to that, I'd ask like, well, why are you afraid it's not going to go well? And it's like, well, you know, cause other people would see that and then they'd think this and it's Have like, you thought about what life might be like, had you continued down that path? Had you continued, um, because now here's the thing. And I say this, and I want to be very careful. I know that there are some people that use medicinal, that use marijuana for medicinal purposes. I, I, I want to be sensitive to that. Okay. But again, you're, it, it's addictive behavior. Do you ever think of what might have happened to you where you might be? Had you just continued to say, well, I'm not as bad off as those people. I'm not as I'm not in that bad a shape. Have you ever kind of considered what life might be like today? Had you not decided to just to just stop and and again the the with the power of the lord the help of the lord i can yeah. i can hear that in your voice but you ever thought about where you might be definitely way less fulfilled subconsciously i'd be way more scared of stuff um probably being a job and it's like it's a, it's a there's multiple factors that go into it. It's like, who knows? Like if I kept smoking weed, maybe I kept associating with certain people. Maybe I kept putting off certain things. Maybe the things that I had hopes for, I was just too lazy to do. It's like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. And another thing too, it's like, I haven't like, so my fiance and I, we live in Arizona. I, we, we, uh, have like the, as you were saying medicinal, we have like the medicinal gummies to help with like going to bed at night. Sometimes right. we haven't gotten any more recently, but I just wanted to like, you know, at the time it was like, I was not using that. I was using it recreationally and yeah. I was certainly abusing it. And similarly, like, um, you know, with how you, you said, it's like, it was a bad, it's, there's bad habits, you know, when someone's trying to like lose weight and like, you know, I, I know for you, you probably didn't just stop eating. Like, you know, you yeah. still got to eat. And not that I'm trying to say that like, oh, weed is as important as food, but it's like, it got to a point where it was manageable. And now it's like, you know, I have a gummy to help go to sleep at night sometimes. Well, and here's the thing there, there is, there are products out there, um, that help folks like that. But you were saying a few minutes ago, you were trying to break free and you, you were talking to your friends like, yeah, man, I just want to hang out. And they're like, oh yeah, so you, you want to smoke after we hang out or were you going to smoke while we're there at your house? Where was the moment 
for you where you said, hey, enough is enough. I'm done with this because I could sense in your in what you were telling me, Alec, that there was just that longing to break free, just that longing to just be free from something you felt like was was getting a hold on you. Take me to that moment where that freedom for you came. It was definitely during, I remember like, so I was, it was like my junior year in college, the roommate, he's not, he's, he's not at the, uh, at the dorm. And I had like a very extensive, like I was, I was real like I had this whole weed smoking setup thing for, for people who may or may not know. It was like, it was a, like a dab rig. It's like you, it wasn't just weed leaf. It was like this condensed down oiled concentrated thing. And you got to heat this little metal plate up to like a ridiculous temperature and you drop the thing on there. And it's like, you get, you get a feeling of being like punched in the brain and then you're basically knocked out. And I had like hit this thing and I'm just watching TV and I'm looking at my laptop. I got like 15 tabs open in the same window, all things that are like trying to help with it. Like, like I really wanted to do like a fitness app. So I had one tab open for like best ways to start with coding an app, another app or another uh, window opened with like an inspirational thing about like uh, getting started on your dreams. And then like another thing opened up about like different fitness trends. And it's just like, it was like 15 tabs of all these things. I haven't like taken the time to even like look at one of them. And there I am just like, like baked out of my mind, not feeling motivated to do any of it. And then I just got hit with just such like a deep depression of just like, I want to just give up on this stuff. Yet I was looking at it and I was feeling inspired, but I also felt overwhelmed. And it was like this like soup of these like different conflicting emotions that I was just like, Oh man, this is like, and it was just like such a depressive state, you know? And it just wasn't in line with like where I was trying to go with my life, to be honest. And I know with like the NA meetings, they even like covered things like that too, or too, where it's like, you know, you aren't your addiction, you know, these things aren't part of you. Um, there's just things that, you know, you, you kind of are like abusing, at least like that's sort of like what I had gotten out of it. And it was a lot of back and forth trying to, trying to quit and uh, stay off of it, of, of smoking weed and even fell back into it depending on like who I was hanging out with. And eventually, yeah, I just had it like, and that was the most annoying point, most annoying part being around friends who still consistently smoke and they know you don't want to smoke and you're hanging out and they're like, Oh yeah, here you want to hit this? And I'm just like, nah. Oh yeah, my bad. I forgot. And you're hanging out again. Oh, you want to hit this? And I'm like, no, I, I don't. I, I'm, I don't smoke anymore. And they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. And it's like, how do you, it got to a point where I'm like, dude, I'm not a smoker. I'm not smoking. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and, and the thing that's ironic is like, they tell me they want to stop. And I'm like, well, take the, take the steps too take the steps to quit. Like I went to NA meetings. I went to AA meetings. Like all these things that took me out of my comfort zone, I did. And I was surrounding myself with people who were like on the same mind track. They wanted to quit what they were doing too. And so if you want to quit, 
it probably is going to start with you, you're not buying weed anymore. <laughs> it's going to, you're going to have to stop listening to certain types of music. You're going to have to stop hanging out with certain types of people. And then you got to surround with yourself with people who, who you are aspiring to be like. Like for me, I was talking with people who were like gripped with actual like addictive substances that if you just stopped, you could die. And had the, they had to wean themselves off. People who like went through terrible things in life who hurt a lot of people. Meanwhile, here I am, I'm just like, I got high and I didn't feel motivated to do a thing. And like, that was part of the thoughts of like, why I didn't deserve to go to these meetings. But it's like, that affected me in a major way. Well, and, and, and Alec, yeah. forgive me for jumping in there, but- Oh no, it's all good. I was kind of rambling. No, 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 you're, it's all, no, listen, there are some people that start with marijuana and they move up to the next level. Maybe it's pills. Then they move up to heroin. Then they move. But it's like it's never enough. The high is never enough. And and they probably, and again, I'm trying to just put myself in that moment. It could have been a situation where those people said, you're exactly where you need to be. Because I was like you, I started on weed, then I moved up to this, and then I moved up to that. Um, because here in West Virginia, where I live, the addiction problem is ferocious. And for us, it was like painkillers, and then that wasn't strong enough. So we mo people moved up to, to different things. Now, looking back, I, I want to ask you this question, and you've been so gracious with your time. I've got to ask you this. What's the one thing if you could step back in time and you could walk into that dorm room and and put your arm around that Alec, what do you think you'd say to him and what piece of intentional encouragement would you give him? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. It, it kind of reminds me of a similar question where it's like, oh yeah, if you can go back and change one thing, but with all the, like the hardship that we go through, it's like, those are moments that kind of like, those are, those are opportunities for us to test like where we are in our life. And I probably would, yeah, tell myself like similar thing of like, you're going to, you're going to face times where you're feeling very overwhelmed. You're going to face times where it seems like you're in a corner or like you messed up so bad you can't possibly recover from it. But I'm going to tell you that majority of those things, you're not even, you're not even going to remember what they are. You're going to remember you had stressful moments, but majority of those moments, like you're not going to know the details for. You're going to get over it. And failure is just, failure is not like a slip up. It's not like, it's not like a, a difficult moment. Like these are things that are that we see on the path to like getting to where we want to go. But like when you give up on a thing, when you stop, or you say this hardship means I need to give up right now, it's in that moment of giving up that you've now taken on the ownership of like, yeah, I've I've failed this. Um but yeah, difficulties don't necessarily mean that you're doing the wrong thing. And I, I, I tell myself, you got to, you know, keep studying that, that story of Joseph. Like that's a prime example of, uh, you know, a kid 
who was very well equipped with a lot of good knowledge. And it was just like external circumstance after external circumstance of hardship. And he just stuck with his integrity. He didn't allow those moments to change his identity. And at the end, you know, God actually used those as stepping stones towards some, some really great, uh, influence you know he was able to like influence a lot of people and save a lot of lives that's that is so good alec tell folks where they can get a hold of your book uh how they can connect with you um i know folks are going to want to reach out to you how how do folks get connected with you yeah so for my book you can either go to plantingyourpurpose.com that's just all one word um i have like i have various other like resources and things you can get from there, or you can go on Amazon, Barnes and Noble to find the book as well. Um, the book title is three separate words, planting your purpose, three separate words. And I would say the best way to stay up to date and in contact with me and what I'm doing would be to, you know, just like uh, check out the podcast, digital ministry mastermind. It's got a good balance of, you know, biblical principles tied in with uh, like business growth, things like that. Sometimes I lean a little bit more on like the business tactic side of things, yeah. but you know, the, the heart is still there of, uh, you know, trying to, trying to help people like how Jesus helped. Oh, that's so good. And forgive me. I mispronounced your name when we were starting Alec Casson, K-A-S-S-A-N. You want to definitely oh, yeah. get connected with him. And go to his website, Planting Your Purpose, P-L-A-N-T-I-N-G-Y-O-U-R-P-U-R-P-O-S-E, plantingyourpurpose.com. Alec, man, what a great pleasure it's been to have you. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for joining me on the Intentional Encourage podcast. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.